1: Lightning Dogs, the official podcast presented by the Nerdish Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdish Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit NerdishShow.com. Lightning Dogs is conceived as an all ages property. But these behind-the-scenes conversations are not all ages. So listen at your own discretion, baby. Woo! Sometimes a great idea is truly like a bolt of lightning. And sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can capture the exact moment that it strikes. That's what happened for us one fateful night while recording an episode of Nerdy Show. We accidentally launched a concept that derailed the entire show and in no time, our lives. We couldn't stop talking about our favorite action figures and B-movies while twisting them into strange creatures, weird adventures, and dog puns lots of dog puns. This is the story of Lightning Dogs, a journey steeped in the glory of 80s and 90s animation and sci-fi, where anthropomorphic dogs tear through the wasteland of a ruined earth, battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire, coming soon to small screens, comic books, and podcasts. Or at least that's the goal. But how do you go from a crazy idea into a fully formed world of conflicting characters? How does a harebrained discussion become an animated series? That's what we're finding out firsthand. We've recorded the entire development of Lightning Dogs since day one, from the moment of conception to every world-building session and planning meeting, and the journey is still ongoing. Tune in as we create the world of the Lightning Dogs
0: live!
2: Welcome to Lightning Dogs. Oh! Oh! Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Hi, I'm Sony. Hey, it's Max. And uh, we're going to be talking about vehicles today. We've been doing a little bit of production and emails and so on. Max is sending us all kinds of stuff. Man,
1: the last design that you sent for the like caravan style Yes, I was going to say, I feel, I feel bad that I've rarely, if ever, responded to the emails. I want you to know I've seen every single one. I love them all. So, please forgive me <laughs> for not responding. Daddy still loves you. Yes, yes. <laughs> What Max had done was a sketch featuring the three Lightning Dog vehicles. The Fido, Brutus, and Rover circled up and camping out amidst the wastes. It was one of our first glimpses at the vehicles being grounded in a real scene. Outside of our own imaginations, of course. And for this episode, we ourselves were camped out, gathered around a micro recorder going over Max's latest illustrations. It had been a couple of months since we'd last gotten together in person to discuss the vehicles, but... In the meantime, everyone but me had been very active via email sharing new concepts and ideas. In this episode, we're honing in on the direction we want to take our remaining two vehicles. The large battle tram, the Brutus, and the light scout vehicle, the Rover. We also explored new concepts for Halloween Jack's signature ride. We're going to reference a lot of art and a lot of neat real-world vehicles, so after you've listened, or while you're listening, be sure to hit up this episode's page to see what we've cooked up and some of the awesome stuff we've referenced. So... Where'd we leave
3: off? We're like mostly done with the lightning rod. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, then we've aren't, talked aren't about. Are we done? Done with the lightning rod? Well, Doug said he had like a few little minor adjustments he wanted to make, like the height of the, sp- the roof yeah. scoop and stuff, which is all easy to tweak. Those uh, are all as smaller. Far as I could tell, yeah,
1: yeah, those are smaller nitpicks. As far as the main aesthetic and like the direction we're going in, that's I mean, pretty much. I'm it. I've been
3: working off the assumption that it's sort of fundamentally sound. Like the yes. silhouette is good. Yeah. And the sort of basic idea. So I've moved on to some other things. We've done a bunch of lightning rig stuff. We've been kind of tentatively calling it, which is the sort of mothership, the big rig, the, the kind of support vehicle that they all kind of rally around. Uh, Brutus, raker yeah. breaker canine. Some of the conversation to fill everybody in that we've had is that we've settled on a, a truck that is more like an RV instead of a semi-truck. So it's not a truck with a trailer attached to it. It's a, it's a one contiguous like yeah. truck. So it's, it's like a food truck or like a UPS truck, like type of like it's got a big back area and a front cab and then stuff on top. It's sort of at a high level what we're, what we're dealing with. So I brought out the original sheet of thumbs because there were some trucks on here too, even though they were a lot more mm-hmm. peopleoidish for the most part. But I kind of wanted to just put them all in a lineup and just talk about because even this sure. this original block of tanks is kind of more contextually appropriate for this rig situation. I wanted to kind of get all these in a the line as we talk about them. This was before we really had any real talk about what we were looking at, right? So some of this stuff was a little more like station wagony. Some of it's a little more huge construction vehicle truck and some of it's a little more like a one-ton work pickup kind of situation so I'll let you guys kind of just browse through and we can sort of talk about some of the motifs that seem to be recurring like this DeLorean window that is something I've kind of been stuck on some of the reference we've been passing around there's that playboy mobile that Doug found the got yacht the, the land yacht, yacht. The, yeah the central Sid Mead it had some really cool like motifs like swoopy forward-facing angles that uh Seemed almost more like a powerboat kind of thing to me, but they were uh, they were neat, very deco. And so you've got some things here that are sort of in the range of snub nose, like Optimus Primish things. Some things are a little more like long front, long hood war rig situation from Fury Road, maybe Mm -hmm. in here, uh, which I finally saw the other day. Oh wow! So these these were designs that were not influenced by it. No, i had only just (laughs) seen. I haven't done anything since I saw it the other day. That's probably the best Road Warrior movie, but it's it's still the most art directed, I think. So like everything is very cool in context, but. It lacks that authenticity of just like, here's something some weird Australian guy built. Because in the first one, you know, they just bought that car off a of dude. Like, it right. was just like it was. They spotted it, put it in the movie, fake supercharger and everything. So, I mean, that that's present in those earlier ones that it seems to be kind of lost in the new one, but the new one was pretty good. I liked it quite a bit.
0: So are you saying it was mediocre?
3: No, it was way better than that. But <laughs> Bullet Farmer? That's a that's a Tropic Thunder thing, right? A oh, Bullet, Bullet Farmer, fucker, he's like, like He's a like, lead like, farmer. I'm a lead farmer, oh, motherfucker! <laughs> the first
2: round of... Trucks, I guess the earliest rounded trucks were in these really thumbnail sized mm-hmm. yeah. uh, rigs. And those ones, as you mentioned earlier, they do seem more like peopleoid vehicles. I love how they look kind of like bizarre junker wagons. Like they're really cool, especially so many of them have, cr- have cranes. Yeah. And it's such a great feature for peopleoids to have, like living uh, as scavengers. Yeah. In the context of the lightning dogs, There's one that kind of looked like those weird Deco police vehicles that they uh, had in Batman the Animated Series. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably the strongest start towards where it ended up gravitating. Mm -hmm. And then on the next page, the first page is more people stuff. This would be like more stuff I could see being on Domus. Mm -hmm. But still, I was trying to figure out where we actually wanted to take it. What was going to feel battle-ready? And like at the same time, it wasn't just good for the context of the lightning dogs, but also like in the action figure-ready idea. And I really think that you've nailed it in the most recent design mm-hmm. where it's got like a fold-out camper thing and it's like it's such a simple like you know your, your parents may have a fold-out camper car thing but when the lightning dogs have it, you're like no that's a play
3: set and that's such a good
1: idea well like, also it makes sense in the context of a show because it's like a mobile base they said it could be a mobile lab or a repair well, that's, garage or, that's kind of
3: where i've settled once we decided this thing wasn't like a pickup truck or um, like it's an enclosed back you know sort of single vehicle thing And as far as that goes, like I've really been looking at the Dakar support trucks that they run. So like there's this rally race they run through Africa and it's usually run with trucks and motorcycles and cars and whatever. But then like your sort of mobile mechanic that follows you around, they race those too. And so they have these huge, yeah, they do. They have like these huge five ton, six wheel trucks. And they're all like, you know, 3,000 horsepower trucks and like they've got them like exo cages and like they just race those as well. So there's like and <laughs> so like they just like they race to the next checkpoint because no one can touch the car except the driver or something in, in WRC at least. I, I'm not sure what the Dakar situation is, but they clearly have support trucks that are full of tools and parts and stuff in the back. But it's also like your whole crew is on this thing and they're racing to get to the next sort of end of stage before you do or, or after you do so they can meet you there and give you <laughs> gas and tires and whatever. And so, like, that's its own series that they run is the, the support truck series. And there's, like, purpose-built <laughs> trucks for that. And there's
0: some Russian truck that just dominates everything. Oh, that's here. beautiful. That's that's so – it makes so much sense, and it's so cool. So as far uh, as it I goes – essentially everybody who is sitting there going, oh, we're just waiting for them.
3: It's, it's interesting to see what that type of vehicle has sort of evolved into from just being a sort of place to keep your tools to also being a sort of mobile command center. So, like, in my head, a lot of these designs you'll see, like, after I kind of, th- like, settled on that have, like – extra wheels on top, strapped down to the roof, this sort of cargo situation on top, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and in the back, the idea that I've been having is sort of they've got like, you know, a sort of future tech 3D printer where it's like they could just spit out some situational thing. And so it's just got some 5-axis machine in the back that's just 3D printing up out of metal shavings or something, whatever they need that time, that episode, you know, maybe. Cutting like, just, it with crystals and shit. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so that type of um, stuff in the back, you know, where you could have whatever you need. And the thing that you're responding to, Kat, the uh, the sort of extendable kind of interior space, the square footage extender, you know, it's just one of those things where it comes out and then, like, the supports go out and then, like, it just doubles the square footage of your interior when you're parked. And so that idea of, like, this is where they all just kind of hang out and live or whatever when it's parked, it seems so obvious once, you know, like you say, like, once you're, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm into that. And then it'd be so easy to do as a toy. This could be open on the toy so you could just let dudes in there, you know what I mean, or, yeah. or whatever.
1: Like, like, the roof would flip open that way and you could just... And the whole yeah. interior would be open. Like
3: all the Millennium Falcon play, sets, so play Yeah, for, uh, exactly. You know, that kind of thing.
1: The cab is
2: almost a completely clear enclosure, um, which is neat because it, it makes sense for like a thing that's big enough to put two action figures in there yeah. side by side that makes sense that it would have that kind it, of room.
3: It's very referential to the G.I. Joe Snowcat, I think, which if you're not familiar with that toy, it's like the half track that uh, Snowjob, the Rob Paulson character, drove. Which, I don't know how that name got it. Got it I know, I know. It's, it's um, ridiculous. It's got, like, treads on the back, and then it's got wheels in the front, and it's got this very, like, X-Wing-type cockpit, and then on mm-hmm. the top it had this missile rack. Um, and then it had, it had torpedoes on skis that would come out, which were amazing. <laughs> like, it was a pretty cool-looking vehicle. And it's just, I think a lot of these kind of feel like they have that kind of flavor. Yeah. So anyway, that I think a lot of those elements can kind of come together. But you'll see, I just started doing like the sort of silhouette of stuff on top without really defining what the stuff is mm-hmm. after a while. Mm-hmm. It's always a good move. And also, <laughs> also the scale of these things is all over the place. Are these things like gravedigger style monster trucks or are these things like, An SUV. you know, mega machines, like clearing out a quarry, you know, mm-hmm. type of size, like where it's ridiculous you know so putting them all next to each other and defining the scale or even in terms of a character would be um useful at some point we're gonna have to do that they can all be in here comfortably in the cab at the same time maybe or or two of them driving and the rest in the back or like or whatever you know to play
2: with the tropes of animation we've got here i mean there's so many cases with large-scale vehicles like the millennium falcon for example where like the scale is completely off when it comes to the action figure interpretation yeah but the toy is able to do just enough to make it, like, functional and fun. So we should have a cab that seats two action figures for one version. Yeah.
1: But it might be that it's the full five-seater, it's like... More like the Millennium Falcon cockpit, where yeah. it's, you know, you can have four to five people sitting up there. So I would yeah. say, like,
2: the scale of this large one, it's land yacht. They wheel, like uh, a mover. Yeah, yeah, like, if it, if it was that, but instead of this truck space, it was the the,
3: enclosed, the other right, established
2: right. thing, like, that would be... Probably my pick for how to how to proceed with that.
1: Especially since okay. the idea is that this wouldn't this would not be the one that is the lightning rod. The lightning rod being the one that goes out. It's sort of like smoking the bandit, you know? Yeah. Like one this the powerhouse that's like the central hub, it's armored, it's really tough, but it's slow. Well even you with your
3: Fury Road, it's the war rig, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. same. Like
0: everything's sort of circling around this thing and yeah. interacting with it. But it's almost like a like a train, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm even going to, I am entirely on board with this. I dig that size. It's kind of cool that Mad Max gave us the trope of the war rig because
2: I feel people might have more of a basis to say, accept this being a primary vehicle for the lightning dogs because in- Because of that. Right. Prior to that, it might have been a harder sell. You know, because it's like we're doing this project and it's our project and we do whatever we want with it. But at the same time, we're also trying to stage it within the parameters of the nostalgic past and mm-hmm. so on. And I feel like that would have been a hard sell was it not for Mad Max. Well, I guess
3: it depends on on what your typical audience members are aware of, right? Because Jason the Wheeled Warriors had the same concept. They had all these like four or five like runabout vehicles that had a specific weapon on top. And then they had this one thing that had four legs for no reason. And it was walking on four legs as this sort of mothership. And all the rest mm-hmm. of them would just park in it, you know, like Knight Rider style. I've like, only ever seen the intro to that show. I've never actually seen it. Probably don't need to watch the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that sounds interesting. That's Here's why. The thing. That's <laughs>
1: why it's not good to take inspiration from that show. It's like, well, people did it in *Jason the Wheel of Warriors*, but nobody watched it. <laughs> well, that's the thing.
3: It, it didn't last long. Um, I think it was a Straczynski joint, though. Really? Yeah. I'm wow. Sure, that he, he came up with that, and it, it went a couple episodes, and it was very Star Wars inspired or derived, I guess, in that you had this clearly Han Solo looking dude, and you had this space wizard and he's looking for his dad, and, like, in practice, it was an 80s show, right? Like, so it just sort of falls apart in that same way they often do. But it also had that weird thing where all the villains were plants, and so, like, they were trying to take over the whole world of plants, and they were, like, going through, like, killing these plant creatures, like, very reverse Captain Planet in in a way that I don't think was intended. I think they were trying to find a weird tentacle villain that wasn't weird, you know? Right, right. Whole planets just get choked with these vines, and, like, they have to go through killing these vines, and, like, it's weird, man. Like the lines <laughs> are like sentient. Well that, they, well that
1: explains why they got all the buzz saws all over the well, place. Well that's the thing, those yeah. are the bad
3: guys though. Those are the bad guys with the buzz saws. I think. The, oh, the Solcoss Saw is the bad guy. Uh-huh. Like so all the good guys have like a pincher claw and one of them's got like a hammer. And right. Like they're uh, like okay. construction stuff. And then the bad like the I don't know. But they're neat looking. Weird. Like just on paper. <laughs> it, it's cool looking toys. It's cool looking and the ideas sound neat when you just give the bullets, but yeah. like from show to show the scripts are weak and like it does that for animation that was so popular at the time or just so
0: Available. <laughs> yeah. and I, I had to look into it can confirm J. Michael Straczynski was the developer yeah. original series run was from September 16th 1985 to December 13th 1985 yeah, there you go, and it had 65 episodes. That's how they did man.
3: Yeah, they just ran them out and every week, you know It's probably worth finding some good ones if you can or just see what the sort of first hit is and just see it
1: back on topic At that point, we kind of veered away from the matter at hand and ended up talking about storylines of Superman that aren't even remotely relevant anymore. You can hear that and a bunch of other potentially intriguing asides in our Outtakes collections, available to supporters on Patreon. So, yeah, back to Brutus. I love this design. The thing I like even more about this is that this doesn't look like a separate cab. Like, this is all one big piece where you could walk, like, there's a path that you could walk, like, almost like a, dare I say... Lone Star's of, uh, Winnebago. Uh, Winnebago. Yeah, like an RV. You know, right? Yeah, where I you think,
3: could... I think weaponizing an RV or sort of armoring up an RV is not a bad way to think about it. With the big picture you have of all of them
1: together, like yeah. I remember originally when I'm talking about, like, when I was like, oh, the land yacht, the land yacht, and championing that, that's like exactly what you did with the front screen here, which I still like the design of. Mm. But if we're talking the big, larger scale vehicle, that almost military tank slit, but large cockpit where five people can be in. Like, if we were doing this scale, I would stick with that. But if we're going bigger, yeah. then definitely that other cockpit design. Because the other cool thing about the previous cockpit design is that you could just lift that roof up. Like and a, a toilet back. seat yeah, or a yeah, trash can like, yeah. lid. Put the characters in there, not in the toilet, but in the toy instead. <laughs> <That'd be very laughs> or clear. if you want to
0: piss off your parents and, and create uh, the water play set, go ahead, put them in the toilet and flush <laughs> a few times.
1: I don't necessarily like when the wheels are outside of it. I like it when it's sort of inlined to give it a kind of tank-like streamlined effect that's uh, Mm -hmm. like if they have to it's a battering ram. They don't have to worry about the, the wheels coming out. That's a good point. I did
2: like the the big wheels, but that seems
1: like we
3: could do yeah. stronger sequences. I think that. you're either looking at like a monster truck presentation or you're looking at like a
0: dump truck, right? Where they're yeah. big and they are like a lot of suspension travel, but they're they're tucked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I personally am in favor of the eight wheels versus six. And I know it's not necessarily the case, but it says more power to me. It says sure. Well it says it's built tough, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's made. Yeah, this has fail safes upon it. It has redundancies, yes. yes. Yeah and it's not going to corner worth shit but once you get it going in a straight line get the fuck
1: out, out yeah of the out line. in the open wasteland oh don't even yeah don't even try
3: okay so i think that's a good direction to go i started going into some halloween jack but i've kind of been dubbing the jack wagon Got a few of those nope, to done. look at. That's it.
0: That, that sounds sh-
2: so raunchy. It does. <laughs> and that's why
0: I'm, I'm sticking with it. You guys want to move into the, the jack
3: wagon? Sure. Let's to yeah, yeah. the, yeah. right, so, the jack wagon. So <laughs> jackwagon. So now we're looking at a sheet that my daughter tore on accident. She was flipping pages. <laughs> this one four. stinks. Um, these are kind of all coming from a place of like more of a traditional hot rod kind of, but sort of you waistline it up.
0: I I love the jacked fucking wheels on number two. These are yeah. these
3: are diagonal so, wheels in the front. How did, does, they That's make, a real thing, right? Does, yeah. it, it can be. It's a thing in racing where if you can tilt like camber, for those who may not know, is like your wheel at zero camber is totally vertical. Mm-hmm. And when you have negative camber, you bring the tops in towards each other and the bottoms kind of stick out. And there's this new <laughs> movement now called the stance movement, which is like one of my personal pet peeves for terminology. Like... When you stance a car as a verb, it just makes me angry. Like, <laughs> But to a point, increasing the negative camber is good for taking corners. Bad for longevity of your tires on straightaway. But like when you take a corner, your your suspension travels, and you end up with a, well, a bigger contact patch, which is the part of your... Mm-hmm. So you, you get better traction going around the corner. And in the drift scene, when that first started taking off, one of the ways that they decided that was going to make the back end break loose going around a corner was to get a lot of front grip and a, like not a lot of rear. So you'll see on these early drift videos from Japan, they'll have like really straight up and down rear tires. And just the front tires are just dumped in. So that Oni camber, the demon camber they used to call it, is like that. And it's become just a stance camber now where like they're making tires specifically for it. It's just like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) We're taking corners, yo. (laughs) We're going nowhere fast. We're parking hard is what we're doing. (laughs) We're parking and and our cars look cool sitting still and that's all we're doing. It's one of the things I, I don't really get into, but... This is when I discovered this company that's making engine couplers to bolt two engines together and make a oh. what amounts to a 16-cylinder engine out of two V8s <laughs> okay, that kind of thing. So this one's a little more hot rod, like open top, not as much body work. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find a way to do two engines, one powering this wheel, one powering that wheel. So you have kind of like two front-wheel drive engines only powering one wheel side by side. I don't know that I was 100% happy with where that was going. And to try to describe this,
2: two engines... Side by
3: side, it's facing, what, it's what Max just said, yeah, but like
2: imagine that.
3: Okay, the plan was to see how many engines could you conceivably fit on a car, right? So it was like if you give one complete, like four cylinder engine for every wheel or something, you know, like <laughs> there were some cars in the 50s and 60s in Formula One that actually had like a V8 regular way, then upside down, there was another one, and they had some gear situation in between to make an H16, and so it was like. The most ridiculous engine, but it looks awesome when you see pictures of it. You're like, "Wow, that thing is really great!" So it just looks neat. I don't know how successful it was. It's so overcomplicated, but you know, this idea that there's probably tons of engines laying around, and maybe there's enough axles, maybe there's not. I could see this being a thing you'd see in a road warrior car. Like well, I can
0: one. also, I can also see
3: Jack sitting there going, "I need more power. Yeah, how do I get right. more
0: power? More engines. More
3: engines." I like this kind of like '30s Grand Prix car kind yeah. of flavor about it with the raised exhaust that goes above the wheel off the side. And uh, it's got this cool kind of like midget racer back silhouette. Mm-hmm. Then this one I like because it's got this kind of like upper spoiler situation, which isn't a very common touch on these cars, but I think it probably could be if you were coming from this place of sort of future with this like old school shape, mm. but with things we know now that we didn't know then. And it's got these kind of fairings over the fronts of the wheels, which one of your big problems on open wheel cars is you can't control the airflow over the wheels at all. I don't know how much the people had to know about this, but, I mean, you could see it being there for rock purposes and stuff. I mean, they'd learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, at the speeds that you could get up to on a wasteland-type surface, you're probably never going to get 200 miles an hour, right? But you you could easily get to 90 pretty quick. So there's this practical limit of how fast you can go, but acceleration becomes interesting, I think, in that situation where you've got to really get going as fast Fast, as you can get quickly. This one's got like a sort of still gas tank in the back, which is sometimes like a thing you see, and like rat rods make it look like it's a moonshine still, you know. But like, <laughs> and I've seen some that actually run on alcohol, where you can drink it. Like oh my I God. see people do it just to be funny. Like you can do that kind of thing.
1: The 1930s racer meets rat rod in some way has uh-huh. been like a good thing for Jack, just because he is that rockabilly
3: mixture yeah, of, yeah. Of, of stuff. I agree, and, and I think I, I think you can do a lot with that space that hasn't been done yet, because it's sort of a, a largely forgotten. Era. I am
0: going to fight tooth and nail to keep the Oni caper on whatever car he has because that is. I, I think that that's such a striking image; it so will be dazzled.
1: Also, by that. it is so that, perfect you, for Jack. It's, Jack it's,
0: is it's, just a little off.
1: Well, that, but also. If you're a peopleoid, and you're in your regular peopleoid village, and you're doing your thing, and Jack rolls up looking like a pimp, and he's just like, alright, everyone does what I say now. It's like, oh shit, we better do, he's got the crooked wheels, we gotta do what he says. You know, it's like, well, there's, there's an element of, he's, cra- cra- he's clearly crazy. Yeah. Well, that well that he knows just this much about how to keep motors together, yeah, yeah. more than the peopleoids do, and that he's doing that for a reason. And and I also think the uh, the 16-cylinder engine
2: is the idea- a great idea. Yeah, but, um, <laughs>
0: If we can combine this look, five's look, two's tires, mm-hmm. and, I, and the idea of slapping as many engines as you can possibly fit on the vehicle because that's how Jack understands how to make things go faster. But it's but it's
1: also it has to be functional too. It can't just be like his stretch limo that he himself is
3: driving. Well, I kinda wanna play a little bit more with this idea too, because in the sixties it was real common to put the engine behind the driver for weight purposes. Mm. So you would see these big mountain engines at the back and the driver would be just in front and then this really long, like, narwhal, like, front chassis because, like, the cars would just wheelie up. So you'd have this it's a drag long nose. And, and so that custom with a K culture kind of look I think is cool. But, like, this idea of, like, two engines but sharing an exhaust manifold, like, where it's all, like... They're rough welds and it's unfinished, but it, it works. You can tell it works, you know, But mm-hmm. that idea of like a work-a-day super part, I think, is interesting to me too. But this one's got like a sort of holster strapped on with a gun. Like, so like something you used to see a lot of in the 20s and 30s is like, you know, everything was a work of art. Nothing was cheap. Everything was handmade. And so like old Porsches would have leather belts, like holding the hood shut. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Alfa Romeo's would have leather, like they call them droop limiters. So like your suspension, if you go over a bump and you you, you jump it, right, it'll like unload and the wheels will drop. And your springs might fall out of the perches if it drops too far, you know. So <laughs> then your springs might fall. And so what you do is you'd limit how far the wheel could go. So that way, until you undo that, you're, you'll never go so far that the spent fall apart on you from jumping over. So those ideas of like sort of what we would consider ludicrous materials like leather and shit, yeah, like leather yeah. and just weird buffalo soldier kind of stuff. Of like, here's most of this works, but the rest of it is all just sort of embellished with these local materials. I think you'd see that, and I think it would be something that would be... That's a really yeah. strong premise to, to lead with, you because know? it makes a lot of sense and is cool.
1: Something that's functional, but yet is still feeling like it's slapped together. Something that looks like it's intimidating, but it can back up whatever image it's portraying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But something that would also be useful, not just good for straightaways, not just good for turning, but something that you would actually do in the wasteland.
3: You see a lot of that stuff if you look at taxis in Africa, or those trucks they drive in the Philippines, You mm-hmm. know, where they're just like... This thing started out as a Land Cruiser, but now it's whatever the word for that is, local, and that <laughs> that means a thing now. I also really like the um,
2: crystals sticking out of the... Yes, engine. definitely.
3: Yeah, I like the exposed engines on these. I think they're cool, but I also like a little bit of fairing in front of it. You'd see this on an old car. You know, we've talked about American Graffiti a few times, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, you see the... They usually leave the radiator in the front with a little bit of cowl around it, and they just mm-hmm. take the hood and the top off. And I think just something in the front like that, and then you just kind of expose the engine because you've got these guys who are just every day this thing they about to be broken. You know, you just, yeah, yeah. After a while, crystal goes it, bad sticking there. That's the thing. After a while, you're just like whatever. I'm to fix it. You know, and yeah. just leave the hood off or leave the whatever off. You just make it so that it, it works for you, but you want a little bit of like rock protection or whatever in the front.
1: Something to hold those headlights up too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so we like the kind of oni camera as an idea.
1: I'm digging open cockpit as well.
3: Now, do you like the sort of roll cage above, or you like the kind of just? on the scoop.
1: I, um, I, I like I like the scoop out too. The beauty is that. Lightning Dog is clearly, when he gets into his third season, he's going to update his vehicle. Well, <laughs> it's like, think so it can always right? evolve. Like, it can evolve.
3: I, I have this idea based on stuff we've talked about where, where Jack is always trying to be like one better, right? He's yeah. not just stuck in his ways. But when yeah. he shows up, he's done that thing where he's been the big fish in the small pond so much that he's like... He's used to it. Well, yeah. he's got a weird car that's just as good as he needs it to be and now it's just all this, like, style and he's like, oh, this isn't working, I gotta get serious, you know, yeah, like, yeah. he's gotta, like, really... That's why he out. goes
1: back to Glampire and is like, I need, to, you need to yeah. upgrade my ride, so man. I think, <laughs>
3: I think that idea of him kind of, like, starting out with a thing that has a lot of finash but not a lot of substance or maybe not as much as it could is interesting but there's always, like, there could be sort of motifs to carry through that kind mm-hmm. of make it so you can identify, easily identify like oh, that's still a TIE fighter, but that's Vader's TIE fighter. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like that, that thing, like, that makes it different. Yeah.
2: I, I think um, the, the roll cage might be something we do want to look at, though, for the opportunity to have, say, like, he's driving, but he's got, like, a tiny peopleoid crammed into the cab or something who can, like, you know, pop out the top of it or something with a gun.
0: But at the same time, I see that Jack, if he was to have somebody like that, would literally just strap someone to an open part of the car and tell him to hold on.
3: Well, I think as long as the scale of this thing was, like, the grip that all your action figures permanently have all action figures do and they can just grip it anywhere like this like exo cage idea where there's just basically handholds all around the car it just becomes a thing that people discover through trying it that oh this is exactly what I can do you know Like, Mm -hmm. like that's a fair point I think the question is: Is it like a bar, or is it like a cage? Right? Like, it's I, really
1: just I, if we're if we're going in that direction, I'd imagine it's mostly being a bar because I don't imagine Holly Jack is too afraid of anybody out there. Like, he's not. This isn't his tank. This is his. This is way his to car. It's his daily driver. Yeah, yeah. It's right. to get there quick and to show that he means business. It's not. It, there's no hidden guns and you
0: know. He's shit also he's always struck me as a very reckless individual. Yeah. So if he doesn't give a shit about his own safety necessarily, right? Why is he going to give a shit about the fodder that follows him? Also,
1: well, after you encounter the Lightning Dogs and you got to upgrade your ride, maybe maybe the first encounter where he's racing alongside him trying to stop him ends with his car getting flipped over, and he's like, got to get a roll cage well, on that's that. That's the
3: trick, <laughs> so like, like, yeah. The roll cage is really to keep your head from getting squashed, and, and the roll bar does it to a lesser extent. I mean, usually if you have one of the others just defined by the rules of your racing series, You got to respect a guy with a roll cage because it it signifies his intent to someday flip that car over. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Or to drive it so hard that that might happen, I guess. And
1: stunt vehicles where, like, when they want to flip a car, they'll have the piston shoot out the bottom. If he's got one that'll shoot out the top, so when it is flipped over, you're like, ah, we did it. And the lightning dogs are like, yay, he flipped over boom it flips over and he's back on the road again it's like oh no
3: this one didn't get very far but this one's playing a lot more novelty motifs like we talked about it's like skull stuff yeah that, that's that's straight up a 90s this is like some stuff yeah, horror, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right so i don't know how i feel about that i, I like it on the hubcaps
0: Right, where it's sort of in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a thing. Uh, no, that's that's, the that's nice and subtle and cool. I, I like
3: that better than. Well,
0: that's we, easy if, enough to just play with the shapes of the stuff on the front itself. You don't need to have it be. Oh, he's got a skull on the front, but more like, oh, I well, see what they're doing with the headlights. Those... There. Yeah,
1: we get those buffalo tyrannosaur. Like yeah, you get a yeah, skull yeah. of that thing with like the horns or whatever. Tyrannosaur. Yeah. yeah, the bufferinosaur with uh, with horns or whatever. That'd be fucking sweet.
3: So do you guys want to talk about this thing a little bit? Looking at the ATV thing, like we yeah, have to really discuss this vehicle. Who's going to be on it? What was what was the coat? Fido. Fido. Yes.
1: Well, the first thing we got to figure out is do we go atv Uh, four-wheel three-wheel or a motorcycle two-wheel
3: well i've been watching recently a show on netflix that's interesting called the long way around where ewan mcgregor and his buddy rode around the world on motorcycles Mm -hmm. and uh it's fascinating but like man he's such a douche nozzle i had no idea like he's so entitled like oh yeah oh yeah it's amazing to watch it really ruined my impression of him as a person but like (laughs) at the same time maybe
1: it humbled him i think it did because
3: after you get to like episode four he becomes really like aware of his situation when he's in the middle of Kazakhstan with a broken bike frame. You know, but, like, oh. it's, like, the, the, the first episode, he's trying to get free bikes from KTM or BMW. And, like, KTM won't give him bikes because they have an expert who's done the ride before come out and say, you guys are not going to succeed at this. And, like, they're, like, <laughs> ripping the KTM posters off the wall. Like, it's not fair. It's, like, it's not fair they did give you free motorcycles like you <laughs> and McGregor of Star Wars. Like, you know, he's like, come on, dude. Like They do these video diaries. He acknowledges that it's, like, a first world reaction. He gets it after a point. It's just funny to watch. But then once they actually get out on the road, it's also really interesting because some weird things happen where, like, they get a cameraman and they have, like, a road crew and trucks behind them. The cameraman's bike breaks the frame. And so they take it to some little town in the middle of, I think they're in by this point, they're in Mongolia. And they get a dude to weld it up. But they had to, like, make a splint, basically, out of two wrenches and, like, zip ties and stuff. <laughs> oh, you know? you're they get just So nuts. you get to limp it in, you know? Oh, man. And so they get a mig welder which is when you just ground the frame and then you have, like, a stick and you... um basically arc it right and so like it feeds tons of voltage and it melts into the frame but they didn't, I guess, disconnect the battery, so it fried the ABS brakes, oh, and they got, they've got no brakes now. They're like, "Oh great, you fixed the frame, but he can't. The bike's now useless," you know. <laughs> and so uh, he has to go buy some crappy Russian bike out of this black market, like Street Fighter Two, the movie. Like, <laughs> like I'm not kidding, it looks it looks just like that. And they're like walking around with some weird American like exchange student that just happens to live there. And it's an interesting travelogue in a way, you know. Like, What's kind this of, called? It's called The, the Long, Long Way, way around. around. It's like huh. a ten part series, which is basically like watching their vacation videos, but they get on some legitimate adventures, you know, like and and so. So, like, they go and they buy this Russian crappy knockoff Yamaha style. It looks like a 60s, 70s era Yamaha bike. where yeah. It's just, like, one cylinder, one tube. It's very light. doesn't have all the cool storage containers and stuff that their starting bikes had. But, like, then they end up in this quagmire. They're just in this bog out in the middle of nowhere. Almost probably literally little bit in the middle of nowhere. Like, middle of Mongolia somewhere, like, where, like, you'd send somebody to die if they were a prisoner in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and you're watching you and, and this guy, Charlie Borman, who I guess is an English actor that he knows. They're, like, riding through the mud, and it's, like, it looks like Dragon Ball Z, like, fight zones, you know, or, like, <laughs> weird blasted things. I mean, you know, you think that's made-up terrain, but it kind of isn't. Eastern China kind of looks like that, you know? But, like, every two, like, three, four, five feet they go, the bike just falls over, and they're so big and heavy that it takes two people to put it back up. And the cameraman on his crappy Russian bike is just cruising along because <laughs> it's, it's so light and small that it's, like, it's, you know what I mean? Anyway, so, like, some interesting realizations happen where you've got what, like, the first world thinks is an adventure bike you know, just completely failing next to this crappy knockoff whatever bike that it's just beautiful. is whatever. And it's just, it's like the classic Russian technology, bury it in the mud and dig it up and it'll still whatever. Like Kalashnikov versus the MP4. It's exactly hmm. like that, you know, and it, it looks like it's like a bootleg version of something else. But like, I mean, he's just like, oh, it's great. Just tooting along. And like <laughs> at a certain point, like they're getting mad at him because it's like <laughs> he just bought on the fly with pocket change, you know, because the exchange rate, like he bought it for like a thousand US or something. And like they've got these. $17,000 a piece BMWs that they're driving, you know? It's just With it's that in
0: mind, I think I'm going to lean... For one, definitely, I think we're going to lean four-wheel. Simply because, as you were just pointing out, weight is less of a problem when you've got a wider base. Yeah, super true. And if we're talking about something that's going to have to scout over unknown terrain, we definitely want something that has a little bit more... And we can have it so that it's still relatively narrow, but, you know, keep it four-wheel. I actually, I like the profile that you've done in Circle the Wagons a lot. There's a G.I.
3: Joe vehicle that Tomax and Zaymont drove, um, the little ATVs that are blue, and they've got a big gun down the side, Mm, mm -hmm. and uh, it's very comparable in in idea to this, but it's not exactly the same, but, I mean, that's been a successful action figure toy before. There's they rode, like, a quad, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So this thing right here, as I think about it, like, so you can see it's got the engine kind of down below, and you ride this thing prone, you kind of have the hand grips down low, and, like, I can see that being pretty cool and like a sort of jump-off point, when perhaps literally to, to jump onto things. I don't like the overall stretch of it. I, I'm not at this point so tied to this thing has to legit be a thing that could work in the real world as long as it looks like it's looks got cool. the kind of parts that are neat.
0: Um, The Tumbler from from Batman, essentially. Yeah, you
3: know, just like the Tumbler from Batman. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) uh, The motorcycle bit. That was my least favorite thing. (laughs) The the, the motorcycle was the dumbest thing in Batman 2. But um, I I think you could make the case for either. My initial reaction was for a quad as well. But watching this, like, sort of motorcycle adventure, I mean, bikes are cool toys, you know? Like, I don't know if you remember those, like, flywheel-based ones where you pull the ripcord Oh, yeah, and like, love them. spin the file yeah. and they just go zooming the, down. The like... Tron cars. Yeah, actually, the Tron yeah. So, I mean, like, it's there's been neat toys of either of either thing. I think there's, like, just certain, something to be said for sort of, like, jumping on the back of a bike as a sort of impromptu passenger that's kind of a neat visual.
2: Which begs a, a question, if it's a bike,
3: is it something that could go,
2: that could actually fit inside the Brutus?
0: I think easily, yeah. Or on the top or whatever. So, and depending, I, hell, depending on what kind of bike, we could even almost have it be, like, portable. Yeah, almost sure. where it would it, it fold in on itself. Like both yeah. wheels would be beside each other and then you just pull and so it, it would... Honda <clears> made that
3: for a while. You used to be able to get what in Japan, this car called the Honda City Turbo, which was a very small two-door Civic hatchback. was mm-hmm. smaller even than that. Kind of probably a little bigger than the Smart. And one of the optional accessories was a straight up fold-up motorcycle <laughs> that folded so up, up oh, and lived in the trunk. Oh my God. And you could take it out and unfold it. And just
1: almost like it how on. you could put a bicycle bicycle on the back of a car, would mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah. put the Fido on the back of the lightning rod?
0: Or even multiple like, like, Fidos.
1: Right. If, we're, if we're
0: talking fucking foldable motorcycle... That's
1: the thing. That's the thing. Look, so we're, when I ask the question, are we going to go ATV or like motorcycle... I was going to say that I'm leaning motorcycle only because we want to go smaller scale, really zippity, really fast, quick. No armor per se. You're you're
3: completely exposed, and it's just sort of for recon almost. Here's, here's the bike that went in the back of the Honda huh. City, and here it is in the back of the Honda City. It's an adorable little scooter. It's amazing. Like it's like it looks the, like one of Cable's guns. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but then unfolded, it's like you know. So I mean, these these I, have been gray marketed a few times. I've seen one come up for sale in the states with the bike. But, like, they're all over Japan, so it's just one of those things. Also,
1: this is, again, being way too blue sky thinking, but, like, if Lightning Dogs was a popular enough thing, getting kids out on a bicycle wouldn't be that bad of an idea. <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, have one of the Fidos that it, It's close enough to a bicycle that with, like, a decal we're, on the side. We're, we're a
1: Lightning Dogs bicycle wouldn't sound like a bad well, idea. Well, maybe that's something we could, you know, pursue
2: down the line of maybe kid builds their own thingamajig. That could be interesting for something that's, like,
3: you know, small, like an electric scooter that's foldable or whatever. Yeah, I've kind of been on a bike tip lately. Anyway, I just discovered this thing that Suzuki put out at the 1985 Tokyo Motor Show. This is called the Falco Rustico, which is a bizarre name, but it's actually apparently Latin for Jier for Falcon, which the Hayabusa is the Japanese for that same bird. Mm-hmm. So this bike ultimately got made. But what you're looking at right there in 1986 at the Tokyo Motor Show is this white bike with a very horizontal front fork with a woman dressed like K from Akira standing next to it. <laughs> The fictional specifications of that bike, which apparently never got made, were that it has a what they call a square four-cylinder, which I'd never heard of before, powering some sort of hydraulic pump that has no chain or anything. It actually powers the wheels with hydraulics. So it's all-wheel drive. It's got electric brakes. I mean, you're looking at what is intended to be a production Akure bike, like based on the specifications.
1: That is I, amazing. I'm in love with the windscreen.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> definitely... I'm also. I am picturing all of that for Fido at this point. That's what where I'm saying. So there like are whole... very few moving parts per se. Yeah. Where all you got to do is essentially unfold it. Because I'm picturing like instead of collapsing the way that the the one on the, the Honda City did, where it was essentially I, into like a little I
2: think box. For practicality, we need to get away from the folding. Unfortunately, I think it, it can fit inside something. It could even like. So pop out a
1: bit. When when you say folding, there's different ways we could do this. Folding where it's like, it folds into like a suitcase and it completely unfolds. Or like a Razor scooter with one motion, click, click, the thing, like the bike is basically solid. But the handlebars, or like, so if, if I'm I'm making hand motions here, so you're not gonna really see if you're listening. But if like, if the bike is a basic shape that's kind of brick shaped, but then you just pull up the handles and then the and wheels kind of like... extend just a little bit. So, then so so you can store that inside the Brutus mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's not really a fold up bike so much as a bike that can like how Harrier jets or whatever can close their wings when they're on the aircraft carrier. F14. Oh, so the F14. Um... Thank
3: you. Not Harry. What He's, am I saying? In one of the later Robotech seasons, they had that thing called the Hurricane, I think. Yes! It was like a That's mic, you know, what I'm thinking. It would turn into power armor around you. like. And it started life as a sort of like escape pod, and it became a thing that was cool. So I think the Hover Tanks had them in them, Yeah. and then they would just kind
0: of jump out on them and escape. And they had toys for that and everything. It was pretty cool. And the way I'm picturing it working is essentially just taking a damn crystal, shoving it into one port, and that crystal just powers it as far as it can go you take that one because these these are not meant to be long running things you Mm. just take one crystal shove it in and then roll so i've been sitting here in front of some of the earlier sketches the whole
2: discussion and next to the trapped globe cruisers we were playing with earlier which are just cool machines like really really cool and i don't think there's any room to do that for this initial run however there is an item that's kind of like a three wheeler. It's got some kind of blade things out front. I'm not really sure. Or those? I thought those well, were wheels. These were
3: actually three skinny wheels. That oh were wow! Sort of like uh, gripping the. Gripping like yeah. that. They made me think
2: that if we take this route of say, let's say Kaneda's bike from Akira that has that great movement to it, the the front yeah. section and that pivot, yeah. laying low in a vehicle, the motorcycle element, but something that has enough width to survive the wasteland. Basically, if we took this idea and mashed it up with everything else we've been talking about. Maybe something that kind of, like, allows it to, let's say, whatever makes it a three-wheel, whatever part has the two wheels on it, whatever side that is, let's say the front, could maybe, like, squish in, and then it could pop out, and, like, the terminal comes out, and they get in, and then like, sink back down. Something that just would look cool as hell to use. So when it comes out, when the shot starts, and it's a dark shot, and then the blinding white comes in of them, like, opening the cab, and it unfolds, and there's, like, steam, and they pull it out, you're like, wow. This is cool. Like, this is their smallest vehicle, and it's also maybe the thing I want to ride in the most.
0: We could even have it so that the wheel in the front is actually two wheels mounted together so that we have moments where it's just a motorcycle, moments where it splits into two separate arms, giving us that width.
1: To go that, over, like, rocky stuff or whatever, like rocky yes. terrain. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. I'll see that. Uh, Remember we were talking about that? It's talking, I mean, it's, it's even been done before. Right? Well, okay. well,
3: Leno's got a bike. that is called the Tomahawk. It's got a Viper V10 in it. The way they did the wheels was instead of doing one mega wide wheel, because you can't really lean a bike like that, you know, uh-huh. like the bike in Batman is unturnable because the wheel's so wide, you can't actually do anything with that. Yeah. But the way you get around that is you have independently sprung skinnier wheels, so they have the contact patch of a wide wheel, but they have the articulation of a narrow wheel. So you'll see it has multiple skinny wheels on it that just sort of in silhouette from a distance look like one mega wide wheel. Interesting.
1: There was a video that we posted somewhere. I don't remember where it was. Called. Oh, that spider car? Thing? Yes, the spider car. Yeah, yeah. And then we talked about like a spider, we even talked about a spider motorcycle thing where like the arms yeah. would fold up. What if we just mix both of those together where this isn't spider themed, it's not literally a spider, but yet it's a piece of technology from Domus where it can be folded together. When you need speed, you fold them together, it looks like a motorcycle, but with fat tires. But when you need to go over the rocky, you know, terrain of the wasteland, you can just they just pop out, like, you know, on those arms, and then each one of them, is like the spider car, can roll up over big things here and there, like a Mars rover almost. But then, tying into the aesthetic of the spider legs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. maybe then when Halloween Jack or one other villain sees it goes, I want that. And then the only explanation is to get the spider, to literally get a spider version <laughs> yeah. of or, that. Or to literally get a spider animal. Yeah. And like... Because and- that's the one, That's the because if, <laughs> if you think of it this way, like, oh kid is out scoping up to no good or whatever and gets out too far and they're like there's one of the lightning dogs get him but the kid on the bike is way too fucking fast and it moves like a it pop like a spider it moves like what is that thing because you know, they would have no clue of what kind of technology that was so their direct response to that would be like next time she comes around we're going to be ready and then of course kid's like oh they'll never get me i'm on my i'm on my phido. there's no way they're going to get me and then she gets too
3: cocky and then of course I what are your guys thoughts answer. on having that be if that's going to be kids should that be some sort of domus extreme sport like a, like a a rollerblade analog. Yes. Or, oh, man. And then in that way, should it be sort of look like a toy? Like, but yes. Like, like, just throwing that out there into the ether to see what, what that feels like. But, well, like, something along those lines that's clearly, like, a novelty, like, propulsion toy... You know, I think it'll have a military version.
2: Yeah. yeah it, like, the context here is that, you know, they have to trust, eventually, like, we say it's kids because we know that eventually trust that's, that's gonna be what happens, she, but it yeah. can't start that way. Maybe she builds a vehicle that, like, pertains to, to whatever the extreme rollerblade version of
3: motocross is in the dog world, you know, yeah, like... Like, I'm just thinking about, like, on Tailspin you had kids' sky surfboard thing. And yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, you always have the rollerblade, you know, hero or whatever that's always got the one. She does also like, have rollerblades. <laughs> that's
1: so like, true. You yeah. Can do like, I, I, you did, like, the, the water ski rope on the back, and she's on rollerblades while someone else well, is driving. <laughs> <feel like> a... <laughs> that's the extreme
3: sport. If you, like, jet set radio that, and you have them be powered, and she ends up being, like, the wheelers from Return to Oz, right? <laughs> yeah. so that, you know what I mean? Like, you could make it I am... cooler than that, but you <laughs> can see, like, sort of, like, a hand one and, like, feet ones. And then, like, have you ever seen those, like, rollerblade suits they wear to go...
0: Yes, to go down downhill. Them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, can that. did that in the movie.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, just, there's all kinds of interesting, like, weird things people try to do to be extreme and cool, but, like, like the squirrel suit for skydiving or whatever. Yeah. Just thinking about it, like, I guess you could do either way. Like, I think there's room for all that stuff, whether this is, like, the vehicle or not. I think there's probably room for that. There's probably room for a collapsible motorcycle or a sort of supplemental, like, runabout thing. Uh, we like, might be talking about several things this point. I kind of think so we so are. We probably want a quad that's the other vehicle. And then you probably want just some miscellaneous stuff they can use to do cool things with. If the wheels popped in together
1: and it became a motorcycle, yeah. I think, to me, that's, like, that, I think that's the that's, ultimate. That's okay. Fido. That's, to me, that's Fido, because it, it, can, it can do whatever. But if we feel like it's better just to focus on doing, like, a quad first, and then if Kid builds her own motorcycle, that, I'm, I'm open to that as and well. What you
2: describe with the, the Spider vehicle and that kind of scenario of, like, whoa, what is that? Like, like, it's like
1: the Spider mode is only when it's right. in quad. Yeah, I mean,
2: mode. that, to me, like, does read, like, a really strong military reconnaissance vehicle. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And only when you need to get away fast do the wheels come in, and then you just kick ass and
2: Have you ever
3: seen like really high performance snowmobiles? (laughs) We're in Florida. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, we we all live in Florida. (laughs) It's it's like a thing where they're so fast you can drive them across water. What? I mean, like a tread? They're they're tracked in the back and skis in the front. And like they're just like, they're they're that powerful. small engines are just so much. Like you can get a jet ski with more horsepower than your car probably right now, right? Like they're turbocharging them and everything just like they are in cars. And they do the same thing as snowmobiles. You can get nitrous on your snowmobile. Like, you can do whatever you want. Like, this is it's the legend, right? It's a death machine things. if you, you put do...
1: nitrous on a snowmobile.
0: Well, okay.
3: they race them and they do all this and that. But, like, you can get going so fast. When you hit water, it'll stay up on the plane and go until you let off the gas. And then it'll, you know what I mean? But, like, <laughs> as long as you're moving, like, it's like a thing. And there was actually that video recently. Somebody did it with a motorcycle where they were, like, surfing on it. Where they put skis and, like, they were using the wheel to oh power it. It was going so fast that it hit the water. And they were just are like rolling a on their dirt bike like it that was is, it was bananas oh like, my god you know so like that idea of like a thing that's kind of like got a tread in the back and then sort of like something in the front probably wheels or something that's a little more articulated mm-hmm. so it can do the thing you're talking about where it kind of like oh, let's get arrow you know and then like it kind of gets a little more like let's spread out to navigate this rough terrain but in the back you've got this one sort of drive wheel that's so that's kind of constant i think is kind of where i'm thinking at the moment and then you kind of get that neat non-traditional three, like the tripod kind of shape without having necessarily the full spider car kind of rip off. Yeah, then, yeah. You know, but it's got sort of that articulated front and in the back is a little bit more... That sounds great. Yeah. I'm, I could see that being cool. I'm feeling it. I mean, then villain stuff, we're kind of zeroing in on Halloween Jack. Who else yeah. needs one? Do we want to do just a sort of another...
1: Well, we've always toyed with the idea of Glampire having something, but that is a very different style of vehicle than, you know, than everything else. Yeah, we picture the
3: monsters. Well, uh, I don't think that's like Glampire that we've been talking about so far. I'm aware. I I can see the monsters of the Monkey Mobile, like all that George Bear stuff, is really Halloween Jack looking, you know, where it's uh, over the top, pipes sticking out. Sort of gothic,
1: slightly, you know, exaggerated. For uh, Glampire, we were always talking a bit more Lamborghini, 80s, crystal influence, something that's like, he doesn't even drive it. He just sits in it and it takes him where he needs to go.
3: I guess the other question is how much Halloween Jack crew... Do you anticipate seeing to the point where do they need, like, a sort of sidekick vehicle? Do they need a sort of... Like, do we want to do the ghoul boss and well, just have all I, the rest I, of them ride behind him in that? And they're smoking the abandoning bat where you've I, got Jack out front I, you've I got think the ghoul boss yes. of, like... I've a always strong, viewed yeah. it as a
2: really motley motorcycle
0: gang. Like the Dreadnoughts.
2: Yeah. You know, motorcycle with a sidecar, yeah. like, that's so, for
0: sure got a place in there. And- I also, it's funny because I just pictured this, too, and it, it might be a dumb idea, but... The ghoul bus scenario, where some of them, because you mentioned motley motorcycle crew, I picture that some of these guys have been able to scrounge up engines. Some of them, they don't necessarily have crystals to go around for everybody, but the ghoul bus, they've always got something running. That's always running. And whatever motorcycles aren't running, they literally attach to a toe in the back, and it's just a crew of them sitting there, not actually driving, but just well, kind of being dragged. What if
3: there was the reverse, and they were the horses pulling somebody's chariot with motorcycles, <laughs> and like you know, they just dragged around some something that did some useful service. We probably have pretty strong ideas about what a ghoul bus could be. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be, like, so you got a Howling Jack and then you got a ghoul bus. We could just do analogs, right? Like, and just yeah. say, okay, well, they've got something like this, too, whether that's a, a bike or something. And just yeah. say, okay, now you've got a sort of people-ed version of all the things. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I really like all the construction. Like, I don't think the theme of them is construction, but the fact that they would want to get a crane because they got to dig something out of the sand. Yeah, like, the know? one
2: that's, like, a straight-up crane attached to a with like the, a With the railroad, uh, like, you know, yeah. that is a very
1: powerful visual. I also really like this one with the hooks. Where I remember we were talking before, like maybe that was a lightning mm. dog vehicle where you could maybe ride the bike up on the back. But if we take this idea of the open back with uh, hooks and, and cranes and stuff, if you could attach, I'm thinking opposite of Mad Max now where they got the pole cats, yeah. but instead you got them dangling on this. You could jump on another vehicle and if they kick you off, you just zip your back. Like yeah. this is like and a also, safety line for, uh, picturing for anyone. i that
0: as Halloween Jack's mobile garage where they are literally yeah. Could do that too, yeah. Re- if this follows the war tribe as it
1: moves, and if Halloween Jack's thing breaks down, no, that's sort it. of like Spy Hunter, they pull it up. Oh, yeah. So while everything keeps moving, no, while they pull, I mean. like like a, like a pit stop where you're, the Indy cars. <laughs> go,
0: they are trying to fix it really quick so we can get back on the road while they're all still moving. No, exactly. No, yeah. that's, that's that's what I was yeah. talking about where you just see like the welding sparks arcing off the back of this thing. Well, they're the constantly night. fixing something that pulls well, in. And, and that's like a really
2: sh- strong idea, but I don't think it plays into the architecture of how it makes the most sense to structure Jack's situation. Not I to start you-
1: with. By the time Jack is like, I need to upgrade my vehicle, they eventually build something like that, and then or they can carry
3: Or this could be some on. sort of mobile chop shop where they just like every time they find something that seems neat, they put it on the back and strip it down. And
2: True, it yeah, that. And, and that could be either someone who's affiliated with Jack or working for Jack, but not necessarily yeah. like an
3: office. Something that yeah, could become an office. Is, an no, office I, know we just, yeah. Yeah. I don't think this thing shows up every episode. Like, no, as far no, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, yeah, I yeah. think
0: it'd be neat to just kind of be like, oh, that's a cool idea. So, no, we call them, we call him, we, we call the character the butcher, and we take the hook motif and we use those almost like meat hooks as they're parting out panels. That's
3: pretty strong. Captain Scrap type situation too, right? Where you're just traveling the world, tearing things down and getting the useful junk out of it.
1: Those new wasteland ideas, we'll come back to those. But the night was drawing on, and that was where we wrapped the session. Closing with the decision that the three Lightning dogs vehicles and the jack wagon would be what we prioritized for the pitch bible. If it was a toy line, it would be our first wave vehicle set. That's a plan that we've stuck with. And now in present day, we're able to show off Max's amazing handiwork. Paving the way for our pitch bible, we've just put out an art book featuring the culmination of all of these vehicle concepts and all of their various production designs. Lightning Dogs Sketchbook 1 is a 36-page comic-sized collection of all of our favorite Lightning Dogs concept art from Tony, Cap, Max, and Local Shop, including character profiles for all of the Lightning Dogs, as well as Glampire, Jack, Queen Lich, various Wastelanders, and supporting cast members, and of course, the vehicles. The sketchbook actually has a fair amount of information we haven't covered yet on the show, so if you want a preview of things to come, as well as a super rad tome of Lightning Dog's awesomeness, head over to the Nerdy Show store and pick up a copy. Physical versions are $5, and the digital version is 3 but if you're giving on Patreon at $5 or more, you've actually had access to a digital copy for a while now. We debuted the sketchbook to the public at HeroesCon in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we met a few fans and hopefully made a bunch of new ones. We were delighted by the number of people who recognized us from our appearance on War Rocket Ajax. Heroes was our first convention working at a table devoted especially to lightning dogs, and spoiler alert, maybe? If you're listening to this as these episodes are releasing, you'll know that prepping for this event and getting the sketchbook published kicked our collective tails. We'll be discussing all the trials and tribulations of that down the line in a future episode. For now, I'm happy to say that we've got our next convention appearance already booked. We'll be at Megaplex in Orlando, Florida, August 4th through the 6th where we'll have a table in Artist Alley and we'll be selling sketchbooks, doing some art, and hopefully making some new friends and fans. As a matter of fact, if you happen to live in or around Orlando, it's worth noting you can get copies of the Lightning Dog sketchbook at A Comic Shop. That's the name of the store, A Comic Shop. We mention them at the top of every show on the Nerdy Show Network, and they're awesome, so pop on down to the store and save yourself some shipping. As you certainly know by now, we're entirely listener-supported. You can support this and every show on the Nerdy Show Network at patreon.com nerdyshow nerdy show. And you can support Lightning Dogs and get a wealth of bonus content at patreon.com lightningdogs lightning dogs. You giving your hard-earned money to invest in our dreams means the world to us. So please join us there. Even a dollar is a huge help and we'll give you a shout out on the show. If you truly can't spare any money, perhaps you can spare some time. Sharing this show or rating and reviewing it helps new people discover the glory of Lightning Dogs. Here's a recent review from iTunes by the Wizard of Retcon. Lightning Dogs is an incredible concept, and the official podcast contains world building that I could only dream of accomplishing. I've been keeping up with it since the fateful first lightning strike, and greatly anticipate its hopeful arrival in the Nerdosphere. If I could donate to Patreon, I would. But sadly, this review is all I have to offer. Hashtag HALNOISE. Thanks, Wizard. We sincerely appreciate it. Now, while iTunes is still the leading hub for podcasts. It's not truly built for podcast discovery, and it can be a pain to use. Fortunately, there's an answer. A new platform called Podchaser recently debuted, and it's made not just for easily rating and reviewing your favorite shows, but championing your favorite single episodes and tagging series and episodes to be more discoverable based on the specific things that they talk about. We want Podchaser to become the next big thing. It's in closed beta right now, and we have some beta keys. So hop onto podchaser.com, and enter either the key nerdy or nerdy show, and get to rating and reviewing Lightning Dogs. We've got more information at nerdyshow.com slash podchaser. In our next episode, we're doing a draw stream. Tony is doing some live drawing while Cap and I make suggestions and dive deeper into the character in question. The subject of this experiment? Queen Lich. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube, or hear it in the annotated documentary podcast format that you know and love. We'll see you next time. Same Lightning Dogs time, same Lightning Dogs channel. Ah!